Welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. We're so glad you're here. This season, we are gathering around the mics to share about the love of God poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You can find out more about our work on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, and welcome to Dare to Dwell, a podcast with the Daughters of St. Paul. My name is Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. I'm Sister Julie Marie Benedicta. And today we're joined by Sister Margaret Edward. Welcome, Sister Margaret Edward. We're so Thank happy you. to have Thank you with you. us. It's good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so Sister Margaret Edward is my superior currently. <laughs> and can you introduce yourself, Sister Margaret? Maybe tell us some fun facts about you. Okay, let's see. I think uh, the best thing I can say about is my missionary experience, because that's such a special time for me in my life. And that was my six years in Rome, Italy, working in the Secretariat for Formation, which is working with formators for all the different groups of young women who are studying to be religious. And I was working, though, with the sisters who prepare those sisters. Mm. And my second experience was in Africa, in Kenya. And that, too, was just such a special experience. There I worked with the novices um, in preparing a inter—not an intercongregational, an inter— International. Uh, no, not internet. What do you call? Oh, intercontinental? Intercontinental uh, novitiate, yes. Oh, wow. And that was just a wonderful experience, getting to know all the different cultures of the sisters coming from various parts of Africa. And naturally, it was a culture very different from my own. Sure. So it was a little bit of stretching on my part, but I learned uh, much more than I could say I ever gave. I learned so much from each of them. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in Toronto, which I love. It's a great place to be, <laughs> another whole cultural reality. So it, I just feel God stretching me in all different directions, but each stretch is a bit of a growth. <laughs> right, yeah. And where are you from originally, Sister Margaret? I am originally from the United States. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and I entered the congregation in the USA in Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. Nice. So you've really been all over. <laughs> I've been all over, yes. <laughs> a number of, and as when I was in Rome, I did a lot of traveling throughout the world mm -hmm. to give conferences to our sisters. Oh, wow. Sure. And how long were you in Kenya for? I was in Kenya for six years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we invited you on, Sister Margaret, for a very special reason, because both Sister Benedicta and myself, when we were in what we call initial formation, when we were either postulants or novices, um, Sister Margaret gave us a class that we both remember very, very well. And um, so many of the things that you said, both in that class and in other, you know, moments of our own formational journeys, um, have kind of stuck with us and and relate so well to the sanctifier, specifically things that we were realizing were hidden in chapter five. So yeah. that's why we invited you for this episode specifically. Yeah, and um, so chapter five's ch title is Transformation into Christ. Mm -hmm. And this really is like, in, in my mind, this really is the overall theme of the entire book. And and the reason for that is the role of the Holy Spirit is to transform us into Christ, right? So right, yes. so you can't really talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about that that mission that he has and 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 the way that he kind of affects that in our lives. But the more that I read this, the more... I'm just really loving finding our own Pauline charism 
you know, kind of paired with the way that Martinez talks about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically one of the classes that you gave when when I was a novice was on Christification, was on mm-hmm. Father Alberione and St. Paul's um, image of Christification, of turning us into Christ. And so we thought maybe you could just help us to open up that that topic a little bit for our listeners. Mm. It's a great topic. <laughs> I love to talk about it. Um because Christification is the central reality of our whole spiritual life. And spiritual is of the spirit. Right. And yeah. therefore very much in tune with the book, The Sanctifier. So um, but when you speak of Christification, it seems like we're um it might at first sight feel like you're honing down on the spiritual life, but in mm. truth, you're not. You're actually amplifying it mm-hmm. because our spiritual journey is one of Christification. Now, Christification is a word that Father Alberione, our founder, used much later in his life. Mm. I mean, he was a man of his times. He used the language of his time. So he probably spoke more of the spiritual life. He spoke of transformation in Christ and so forth. But soon as he hooked on to the word Christification, that became <laughs> central for him. It yeah. really became central. And I think, first of all, it became so central because he believed that our devotion and our love for Jesus should be to the whole Christ as he himself defined himself. Mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Christification is all about. It's taking on this whole Christ, understanding him, loving him, and being so much a part of him to the point where our patron, St. Paul, was able to say, you know, it's no longer I who live, but yeah. Christ living in me. Right. So if anyone understood Christification, it was Paul. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, did he yeah. use that word? No. No. <laughs> but he still, he he spoke always just about that, about this um, integration of his life into Christ. And I think what's so important in this is Father Alberione always spoke to us about the totality of our spirituality, mm-hmm. that it's not a matter of just honoring Jesus um, in his, our minds or in our hearts mm-hmm. or in our wills, making good decisions like Jesus, but it to take on the whole Christ, to understand the whole Christ, to understand how he should penetrate our whole person. Um, and also, even in our relationship with the Lord, it's not just sufficient to know him in our head or to understand Jesus's teachings. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. But how did Jesus live? How did he actually, you know, like permeate the world? How did he touch people? How did he, you know, how, what was this interaction always like that was Mm -hmm. happening? And then even our hearts, because it's easy to say, oh, I had this great experience of Jesus, or right. Jesus spoke to me today, or I heard the voice of Jesus. I thought, Those are great things. And I'm sure the <laughs> Lord um, uh, allows all these beautiful things to happen in our lives. But that experience in and of itself is that if it's not an experience that leads us to a closer relationship with the Lord, then it becomes more of a self-centered experience, yeah. something that just 
<laughs> puffs me up a little bit or gives right. me a little energy. And that's okay. Maybe God wants to give us a little bit of energy <laughs> and he uses those means. Sure. But that can't become the end. Right. The right. end is always Christ. The end, that's what he's there for. Mm-hmm. I love when I speak of St. Paul. So many people think that his great conversion experience was on the road to Damascus. Mm. No, that was his moment of encounter. Mm-hmm. Now, did he not have an encounter? Yes, he's had encounters with God. He was a great um he was a great Pharisee. I mm-hmm. mean, he knew the yeah. law of Moses. Very passionate. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was under the great teacher Gamaliel. I mean, there there was so much he knew. He was an impassioned person. And when he went out after the Christians, he did it in a passionate way. <laughs> say that's that the only way he knew how to do anything. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> and on that road to Damascus, when the Lord blinded him so he could see, when the Lord laid him flat so he could <laughs> regain some humility mm-hmm. and grow in greater love for the Lord, it was at that moment that a process began, mm-hmm. not even a conversion experience, because the Paul of Tarsus, the Paul who was out um, threatening the lives of the Christians, was the same Paul that encountered the mm-hmm. crucified Christ. Right. On the road to Damascus, he had the same passion about him. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, he didn't change his personality. God (laughs) didn't make him another person overnight. It's a a principle that grace builds on nature, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But what he was able to do is take all that passion and all that zeal and all that love for God, the God of Israel that he knew, and now redirect it Mm -hmm. towards the Christ who had entered into his life in a very particular way. Mm -hmm. And it meant a lot of pruning. It meant, you know, head back to um, Tarsus, Paul, and do some tent making so that... um, (laughs) Cool your heels a bit. Yes, yes. You know, you need a period just to reflect and to pray and Uh to think about yourself. So it was just this beautiful experience. But this whole sense of Christification became a lifetime goal for him. It wasn't Paul who said on the road to Damascus, it's no longer I who live, Mm -hmm, but Christ who lives in me. Mm -hmm. That happened after years years of of, uh, prayer and experience. Mm -hmm. And even his strong personality came out against fellow Christians, against Poor Peter against all kinds. <laughs> Barnabas, oh, poor Barnabas. Mark, he, poor yeah, Mark. Mark, yeah, Mark yeah, he was written off. On, yeah. Yeah. But at the same token, Paul kept mellowing. Mm-hmm. And why? Not of any power of his own, of the power of Christ living in him. Mm-hmm. And that was the key. It was Christ in him. It's the in that's so important mm-hmm. in our understanding of Christification, because Christification isn't in about us. Mm-hmm. It's about Christ living in us. Mm-hmm. And us, yes, yes, he wants our free will, and he wants us to say our yeses. He wants us to give ourselves completely and totally, you know, to him. But it's him is his grace that's mm-hmm. at power within us. And that's what Paul was able to recognize. So yes, when we speak of Christification, it's such a dynamic and beautiful and powerful experience in our life because this isn't just Paul ex- Paul's experience 
or Father Alberione, our founders. Right. It's the experience of each one of us right. yeah, on a right. daily basis. It's yeah. the experience of all of our listeners out there, not just because we're religious, <laughs> but yeah. we have some special um, uh, experience of Christ. No, it's every single person that is out there. Um, each day, as the people come into our Pauline Book and Media Center here in Toronto, I just marvel at the grace and the mm -hmm. power of God's, His wisdom in working in the minds and the hearts and the souls of so many people, young, old, uh, middle-aged, mm -hmm. newlyweds, <laughs> um, retired people. But God has a specific journey for each of us, and that's a journey of Christification. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah. 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 As you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, this this journey of Christification for us, it unites us with Christ's mission, right? Like it makes mm -hmm. his mission our mission. And what did Jesus say? He said, I come to do not my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. Mm -hmm. And he exactly. talked always about glorifying the Father, right? And I love this quote in the Sanctifier where Martinez says, to fully glorify the Father, it is necessary to be transformed into Jesus because the glorification of the Father is his work. And in order to do the work of Jesus, it is necessary to be Jesus. Exactly, exactly. And um, that's so powerful, that uh, that quote there, really. It says so much because it is truly the experience of Jesus living in us, yes. But then that experience keeps us rooted and it keeps both feet on the ground. It's mm -hmm. not this mystical experience that takes us to the seventh heaven and then, you know, <laughs> but it's this experience that keeps both feet on the ground and also says to us, it's not, again, we're going back to this fact, it's not just about us because Christ wants to live in us so that we can give to others. Mm -hmm. It's an experience. Mission and our spiritual life are like one in the same thing. Or for the people out in the world, your mission, it may be your mission is just the people you're working with. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. it could. Your mission may be in your parish experience, volunteering here and there to help out in whatever right. way you can. Your mission may be just passing by the man and the woman on the street and who's in need and just simply li listening, giving mm -hmm. a listening ear. Mission can be whatever situation God places us in. But if I am of Christ, I'm of Christ, not when I'm kneeling in chapel and praying only. That's mm -hmm. a great experience. Sure. I'm not knocking them. <laughs> Absolutely not. But, we don't skip um, that part. No, yeah. no, we can't skip that part. But it's also being there for our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. I mean, can any of us even imagine for a moment thinking of Jesus only in the desert at prayer? Mm. We remember him mm -hmm. in that, in the beautiful mm -hmm. gospel passages, the moments he he pulled away to sure. pray to the Father, but what are the what are the things we remember the most? Mm -hmm. It's his, you know, touching the eyes of the blind man and curing him, raising Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. It's experiences of Mary Magdalene and saying, you know, or the adulterous woman who's the first here to cast the stone. You know, mm -hmm. it's all these beautiful experiences of encounter between his brothers and sisters mm -hmm. that constantly touch us, and um, and that's Christification. That's what it's all about: is being there 
or one another. And that being there can take so many different forms. It may be being there at the hospital, at a hospital bed, consoling someone or preparing someone for eternity. It could be just listening to someone who's going through a very difficult moment in their lives mm -hmm. and just need consolation and help to, you know, lift them them up once again. It could be someone who's dealing with a child who's going through a difficult mm -hmm. time. You know, uh, all of these things happen, um, and they're all part of life, but they're not things that should discourage us because we are with Christ. Christ is in us. Yeah. He's with us. That's Christification. But in order for it to actually transform us or change us or give us the inspiration we need, we have to accept it. Yeah. We have to be willing yeah. to say, I believe you're there. I trust in you. Mm -hmm. I'm strengthened by you. Um, and sometimes it's an abandonment. Sometimes it's a huge risk. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like mm -hmm. jumping and saying, dear God, what's going to happen to <laughs> yeah, me? Or what's... Right. And yeah, It can be really vulnerable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in that vulnerability, th th so much grace is present. And we come out of it saying to ourselves, wow, wow, mm -hmm. I didn't do that. God did it. Yeah. And that's happened so often. I don't know about any of you, but sometimes during moments of pain and suffering or really big challenges in life, that's the time when I have to step back and say to the Lord, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't. If you don't do it for me, it's <laughs> yes. not going to get done. That's <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's just true. not going to happen. Yeah. Yep. And then his grace is so powerful at moments like that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we have to be at our lowest mm -hmm. to yeah. understand mm -hmm. the greatness of God's work within our soul. Yeah. I'm thinking, sister, as you're speaking, like there's something about that because you give these beautiful examples of reaching out to our neighbors and things. But we also spoke in our last chapter, we were talking a little bit about, we didn't call it this, but really the apostolate of suffering mm -hmm. and like, and the offering. Cause even if, if a person's listening and they're homebound, exactly. you know, they can still do great good for their neighbor mm -hmm. in, in the offering of their suffering and their, in their uniting of their pain to Christ's pain. Yes. And yeah. And the, the the grace that that brings into the world. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think a great model we have for that is the Blessed Mother. Yeah. yeah. Um, because actually in the Passion, other than on the road to Calvary, we don't hear much about her. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we only can imagine her deep love for her son and her being there near to him and most attentive to his every needs. But can we only imagine the suffering of a mother mm -hmm. seeing her son, you know, in that situation? It, it had to be an extremely painful moment for her. And yet, and yet, she was there in her silence. And God blessed her silence. Mm -hmm. And I made mean, it fruitful. And like made that it fruitful. was the moment that he gave her humanity, mm -hmm. like yes. as... Her children. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that was the moment she even took in hand the apostles. So who was in the cynical mm, at that moment? Right. It was Mary at the center. And I can only imagine her picking them all up, building them <laughs> up, encouraging and saying to them, he's going to come. He's going mm -hmm. to come again. Yeah. And, you know, that just that great love. 
but um, always transforming, always transforming. Mm -hmm. So never to get discouraged in our own sufferings um, because we all suffer. Mm -hmm. I mean, suffering is part of life. Mm -hmm. It's part of the whole Paschal mystery. There's no way around it, so Mm -hmm. to speak. And yet it can be so transforming, so transforming, no matter what it is. And um, so just to keep, you know, handing it back to the Lord. Right. Because we may feel, I can't carry this, but he can. Right. Mm -hmm. He can carry it. And that's all that's important. And we just have to keep saying to carry this for me. Um, this morning when I was praying before I said to the Lord, you know, put words in my mouth, give me (laughs) strength to, um, to speak and to say what you want me to say. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's true for all of us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, for everything we do, whether it's in suffering, whether it's at a moment where we're doing well, even in our life Mm -hmm. and our Mm -hmm. business Mm and our studies, whatever it might be, um, but always keep saying to the Lord, it's not me, mm-hmm. it's you, it's right. Christ mm-hmm. in me. Right. And that's not a false humility. I think often, because no. we are in a culture where, you know, we're being encouraged to take compliments well, like not to be self-denigrating, all of those things. <laughs> and I think it's yeah. very easy to forget that for us to say, it wasn't really me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not self-denigration. No. That's not no. a refusal to accept a compliment. It's putting credit where credit is due, right? Exactly. But also it's a reminder to ourselves that, you know, as as Jesus says, you can do nothing without me, but with mm-hmm. me, you can do all things, right? That's both Jesus and Paul together, <laughs> just <Yeah>. splashed together. <laughs> but I really love, Sister Margaret, how you're pulling out that we're transformed over and over and over again, that it's, that it's yeah. this mm-hmm. ongoing thing, because it's so easy to look at a moment of conversion and say, okay, I'm, I've been met, I've been changed, I've got it. Mm-hmm. And then the first time you fall after that or fail, you're like, what? Ha- what? I broke it. <laughs> like, yes. And but, just just as complete as that I've got it is. Right. And I failed and I, it's never going to be good again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the reality of how Christ works in us. And yeah. um, Martinez has a really beautiful quote in chapter five where he says, the divine cycle must be reproduced in each soul, for this is the glorious destiny of souls. The gift of God will come to each one of them as it came to the Virgin Mary. And since after love itself, the gift of divine love is Jesus, the Holy Spirit will bring each soul the divine fecundity or fruitfulness of the Father. In each, the word will take flesh mystically, and Jesus will sing the poem of his divine mysteries, and each through him will go to the Father. And to me, like, that really reminds us why we pray the rosary over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> why we meditate on a very limited set, honestly, of mysteries over and over and over again because we live those as a divine cycle in our own lives over and over and over. And each time, each time we are overjoyed at the manger when we see Christ, like, you know, come to meet us in humility where we weren't expecting him, each time we are met with the cross in in suffering and realized that we need to offer this at his feet. Each time we see him teaching us either through his word or through even a rebuke of another person or the example of someone's life, like we are going through, you know, the joyful, the luminous, the the sorrowful and the glorious mysteries over and over in our life. And each time Christ is taking us a step deeper. He's yeah. he's forming himself poco a poco, little by little in us and that's not 
it's not a failure to have to go through the cycle. <laughs> like mm-hmm, That's yeah. how he lived life. And he's calling us to join him in that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of it um, because you're right. Uh, all of us are tempted to say, oh, I fell again. Right. Mm-hmm. Or can God forgive this sin? Um, I just keep you know, I promise him something, and the next day I'm back, or the next week I'm back in the or same the next pattern. hour, or yeah. the next yeah. hour. Yeah. You go to confession yeah. and mess up to five minutes later. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And but God is okay with all of that. <laughs> um, I love to read in the sacred scripture the whole history of Israel. Mm. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so Talk about a bunch of complainers. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, God can take a divide the Red Sea, and they're on the other side complaining because they don't have the right amount of food, and, <laughs> or they don't have. Garlic and leeks. And, exactly. <laughs> and and yet God yeah. keeps forgiving and loving mm-hmm. and um, never lets go of his people. And that's how it is with us. He keeps just forgiving and loving. He is God. He, he can't do anything other than that mm-hmm. yeah. but to forgive and love. And he's just a, a God of total mercy. But I think we have to convince ourselves of that. Yeah. You know, so it's not in our human experience because it's hard sometimes for us to forgive. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to, if somebody has... Um, hurt us. There's, we want to be a little vindictive sometimes mm-hmm. or um, not rejoice in the gifts of others. I mean, those are all human experiences that all of us, mm-hmm. you know, move through. And yet we have this God who rejoices at all of our joys and suffers for all of our sufferings and understands profoundly everything that we live. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing that we have lived that he has not experienced or understood. And that's the beautiful part of it, that he's there to lift us up. So he is the God of joy, even though he said, but, you know, he sent these sufferings in my life. Well, God has permitted certain sufferings, yes, but there's a reason behind those sufferings. And normally it's to bring greater joy. Mm-hmm. It's to bring greater joy. Again, it's being in Christ. Mm-hmm. Because if we learn to carry everything, our joys, our sufferings, the ordinariness of life, the in some cases it might be a bit boring. In other cases, <laughs> it's too fast. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, whatever the situation <laughs> might be, if we truly believe that he is the center of all, if I'm living a Christification, this um, journey of letting Christ enter into my life and to stay there, mm-hmm. um, then truly we will understand the power of his grace and the gift of his person to each one of us. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's so moving to so many people to sit with this reality or to or to hear the words spoken and hear and, and feel them stirring in their own soul. And so often we can kind of kind of go off almost an emotional high from that and say, but wait, how do I get that? Like I, I want that. How do I get that? And I think the first thing to really for us to remember is that again, going back to the sacrament of baptism, this is not something that we earn or obtain. It's something that is gifted to us, that in the sacrament of baptism, when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us, that that is real and that in that sacrament, he begins to form Christ in us. So, I mean, if you're listening and you're kind of asking that question of like, but but I want it, how do I get it? 
to re either to revisit, you know, your baptismal promises and, and just kind of foster a deeper awareness in yourself of the gift that God has already placed in you. And if you're not baptized and you're kind of feeling that stirring within you, maybe that is really an invitation that the Lord is putting on your heart. And that's something to really pray with, to speak to another Christian about, to go speak to a priest about at a church and inquire about RCIA. Um, because that is the foundation of everything. That is where we have that not just encounter, but the indwelling of the Holy Spirit where we can really abide together. And then the rest is really this ongoing life journey, right? Yes. Of, yes. of deepening our own relationship with him. And as you're saying, Sister Margaret, this isn't a, just me and Jesus kind of relationship, that if Christ is truly being formed in us and if his heart is being formed in our heart, and we know that his heart is for all people and, and gave himself for all people, that will always help us and inspire us to look outward, mm -hmm. to look to others. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we will all be doing the same grand gestures as you as you brought up earlier. We will all be doing different things that the Lord calls us to in littleness, in greatness, anything in between. But the thing that makes it matter is is allowing Christ to pour out his love in that moment through us. And that's what makes all of the difference. So yeah, no matter where you are in life, if you are both allowing Christ to do that and actively seeking and asking him to, if you feel like you don't know what you're doing and you're not sure if you're doing it, that's enough. He'll yeah. he'll do it. He's faithful. I was thinking as you were as you read that last quote that you read, Sister Ariane, the mm. one where it ends, um, and Jesus will sing the poem of his divine mysteries. Yeah. I love that so much. And there was there was another quote. Um, that referred to poem, and I'm thinking of a video that I'm going to link to in okay. our in the show notes because I I really want everybody to go watch it. It's historian's seen it. I have it almost memorized. Um, it's called <laughs> the Useless Video. Oh, this one, and it's good. It, it's so it's um, this gentleman kind of reflecting on the fact that in Ephesians, when Paul says that we are God's handiwork, that word for handiwork is the same Greek word that we get the word poem from. And he kind of extrapolates out from this this, this meditation about how um, – he, he does it in a very entertaining way. But um, <laughs> this meditation about how, like, poems don't really have a purpose per se, right? Like, they kind of exist for their own good. And and that we really just kind of exist for our own good, like, just, just because we delight God. Like, that's why we exist. That's why he created us. Mm -hmm. Not for any particular purpose. It's not like he needed us to go do something, right? Mm -hmm. He created us just for our own good and because he loves us and because he wanted someone to give more love to, mm. right? And so there's this uh, further on after the the quote that you read, there's um, another part where he speaks about, Martinez speaks about uh, the glorification of the Father and the sanctification of souls. And he says, the whole mystery of Christ has this most exalted end, this glorification of the Father and the sanctification of souls. Jesus himself teaches us that he came to glorify the Father and when he had completed the divine poem to the glory of the Father by completing his mortal life, he wished, in the immensity of his filial tenderness, that this poem of glory should not end, that its harmonies should continue to resound strong and immortal throughout eternity. Mm -hmm. And he does that in and with and through us. Mm -hmm. Right? right. Like, just how beautiful that is. And like how, again, going back, like the very first chapter I quoted, Pope Benedict, who said that, 
to be a Christian is not about lofty ideals, but it's actually about relationship with Jesus, with a person. And I feel like so often people can turn this this concept of Christification or this concept of our sanctification or or the the mission to neighbor into like this moralistic like mm. act of the will that is is not what it's really meant to be. It's meant to be this filial tenderness that completes the divine poem and like how beautiful and inviting it can be when you think of it in those kinds of terms. Yeah. I wonder if, as you know, as I listen to myself and listen to both of you, <laughs> if some of our listeners wouldn't be wondering or asking the question, but where do I begin? Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I think that's like, the next thing. Yeah. All, you know, like, how do I enter into this relationship? Mm -hmm. And Actually, you don't have to worry too much about that, again, because <laughs> God does most of the work. <laughs> However, I, there's this story that Father Alberione tells in one of his writings, and um, I always loved it. It was, and I, he, I'm sure he took it from some saint or something, but anyhow, he tells the story of a farmer who every day would pass this little village church and set all his tools outside the door go inside the church and just sit in the front pew, an empty church, and just sit there. And then after a while, leave the church, take up his tools and go. And so one of his, I guess, fellow farmers or friends, anyhow, stopped him and said, you know, when you go in there, what are you doing? What are you saying? I mean, what what's this all about? Mm -hmm. And he said, I just leave everything outside that door, walk in, and I just sit there and gaze upon him and let him gaze upon me. Mm. He said, I don't say anything. I don't say anything, but it's everything. Mm. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us because it's not the words we say or the prayers or the formulas or it's being there. Mm -hmm. You know, even going to church, to Mass, for those of you who are Catholic— um, and a lot of times I hear people say, oh, I don't get much out of it, or mm -hmm. I don't know what to <laughs> yeah. say, or mm -hmm. I, you know, that kind of a thing. And I always say to the people, but you're not going there for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you're yeah. going there to give glory to this God who has created you and loved you and um, who wants to, to share with you, speak to you, offer you all the gifts of grace that he has, um, who wants to recite this beautiful poem to you yes. so that you can absorb it and penetrate it. Um, so, you know, don't worry. Where do I start? Just be there. Just simply be there. And that being may just be in your room in a quiet moment. Mm -hmm. The being there may just be opening your Bible and reading a piece of sacred scripture. That being like we said, maybe with another person, or that being may be at one of the sacraments, the either the at the mass itself, or you know all the other sacraments that we have, at least confession. I'm thinking of in a more particular way, mm -hmm. where you have the opportunity to even share with um, the priest what you're living through and going through. But um, it's it's not so much that you have to do a lot of things. Yeah. How many people come into our chapel almost on a daily basis, and I just see them go into the chapel, sit down before the tabernacle, and... I'm sure they're in communion and conversation with the Lord. Um, are there a lot of words? I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't hear them. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, 
I don't think any of that matters. And most of the people, when they come out, usually stop and say, oh, it was just such a silent and quiet place to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God has touched them in a specific way. So I just all of our listeners, never be afraid. Don't feel like you can't do it or you don't have the know-how or the experience. You don't need anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all you need is yourself, mm-hmm. is your goodwill, your love. Um, and then, and then God will fill in all the gaps mm-hmm. and he will sing all the Psalms and pray all the prayers and, um, recite all the recitations that need to be recited. But all he wants is you to be there, um, loving him. So, uh, because he loves you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, the most important thing that we can do is invite him to do that. Right. Like that's that's the that's the part he waits on. Mm-hmm. We wait. He waits on our invitation. But other than that, he takes care of everything else. Yes. Yeah. And he often is also the one being like, invite me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He sends an invitation yeah. for the invitation. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah. 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 If you feel that God is tapping you on the shoulder, he might be. He probably is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Follow it. Just yeah. follow the inspiration. Yeah. Um, because sometimes he speaks in very, very quiet ways. Mm-hmm. Um that, that's just part of the life experience. Uh, not many of us are going to have divine revelation. Thank <laughs> no. to God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, could become very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we will have daily little re- revelations from the Lord that are inviting us to, um, to come close. He says to come to me, all mm-hmm. of you who are burdened. Mm-hmm. So bring your burdens to him. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and spill them out. He doesn't mm-hmm. care what language you use. What, <laughs> you know, if a few words get in there, that shouldn't be. Th- that's okay. He has ears that can hear everything. Um, but be there. Just simply be there. And you'll see trust will grow. Love will grow mm-hmm. in any relationship. Yes. Um, I see young couples come in and at the beginning when they're just kind of good friends and then <laughs> suddenly it grows a little more serious and the mm-hmm. relate. But all that happens because they were together, mm-hmm. because they listened to each other, they talked to each other, they experienced the joy of just being with each other. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how our relationship with the Lord works. It's no different. Yeah. We can't pretend to love someone or have a relationship if we're not there. Yeah. <laughs> if we're not present. Right. And um, and that's Jesus's invitation each day. Mm-hmm. But he's waiting for our yes. He's mm-hmm. waiting up for us to say, yes, I'll give you some time. I want to give you some time. Mm-hmm. And even if there's not all the, because people say, well, I went, but, you know, I didn't feel anything or, I, you know, I was mm-hmm. dry. I, you know, right. I didn't know what to say. Doesn't matter. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Carlo Acutis has this quote that I'm going to I'm going to butcher a little bit but I love it. He's basically talking about that that reality where yeah, sometimes we do feel dry, we don't feel anything happening. He said something to the effect of when you go under the sun, even if it's not hot, you will still get a suntan. <laughs> and <laughs> That's and good. he's like if you go before the blessed sacrament, you will still get like a tan. You you are still in the presence of mm-hmm. Jesus and it's real and it does affect us. 
Yeah, I always loved that. <laughs> Isn't it um, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta that is said that till the very end of her life, she lived a sense of dryness and yes. darkness and mm-hmm. prayer. Yeah. But she just didn't stop believing. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't stop believing. So it's not if if the feelings and sentiments don't always accompany us, mm-hmm. um, not to worry about that. That again, that's our human experience. Um, but God will never ask more than you can handle. Right, because mm-hmm. He gives you the grace to handle everything. Exactly. That, yeah, that is asked of you. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually like to end with kind of an invitation to some kind of a challenge or some practical thing that a person mm. could go do. And I was kind of thinking as you were speaking, Sister Margaret, and and, and even like with this with this idea of the poem. So I'm thinking of, um, of Zephaniah 3.17 where it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. And I love that because he's the warrior. He's the one doing the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on the day of a festival. (laughs) And so I guess um, I'm just kind of thinking like maybe an invitation could be to sit with that a little bit and to consider the gaze of Jesus as we were kind of describing like all of his different encounters with people. And just to just to kind of maybe invite him to show you what does his gaze to you look like? What is your what is his gaze for you feel like? what are the words of the song that he sings over you? And just to like take some time with that, just as the scriptures say, um, be still and know that I am God. Just to let that happen a few times for just a brief moment during mm-hmm. the day, just to like recollect yourself, whether it's every time you get into the car or just to like plan that into your day to have just a few brief moments to be still, allow that silence to be there. And just to invite the Lord to show you like, what is his gaze for you? And what might be the words that he sings over you? And just to give him some time over the next couple of weeks to begin to answer that and to and to allow that to deepen. Yeah. And Sister Benedict, I'm just going to underline, I really like how um, you gave a prompt because so often in our lives we are so busy and lost in the chaos of life that it's hard to remember to even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, pick a prompt for yourself, whether it's when you open the car door, whether it's when you fill up your water bottle, like whatever that prompt is. Um, and if it means that you try to do it one day, but it actually ends up being, you don't really remember until two days later, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get there. And sometimes you'll notice you don't remember for a couple of days. And then sometimes you'll notice you do it and you intend to only do it for a minute or two and then 15 or 20 minutes goes by and you're still kind of there. Like you just just let that movement happen. And remember that that song that comes out can come out a, a gentle melody. Yes. It can come out rock. Absolutely. Or hard rock. <laughs> it could come out jazz. It could come out anything. Mine sometimes comes out emo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that's okay. It's just God's leading you in the ways that he feels he wants you um, to walk. Yeah. And so let him lead. Let yeah. him lead. Yeah. So we will wrap up um, today's episode with our prayer, our chaplet to the Holy Spirit. So if you have the download or if you would like to get it, it's in the show notes. Um, and we invite you to pray with us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the gift of wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. 
Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with wisdom, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of knowledge. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with knowledge, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of counsel. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with counsel, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of fear of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fear of the Lord, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of understanding. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with understanding, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. For the gift of piety. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. 
Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with piety, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, come and make your home in my heart. And for the gift of fortitude. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful with fortitude, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, Come and make your home in my heart. By myself, I can do nothing, but with God I can do all things. For the love of God I want to do all things. To him honor and glory, to me the eternal reward. Holy Spirit, vivify me. Love of God, consume me. The way of truth, lead me. With your grace, empower me. You are the promised one sent by the Father, reminding us of all that Jesus' Master taught. I ask you for no other knowledge, no other wisdom, than that of Christ crucified, and that he may live in me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Dare to Dwell is a production of the Daughters of St. Paul, and is brought to you by our generous supporters on Patreon. For more information about our sisters or ministry, or to learn about how you can support us, visit connect.pauline.org slash Patreon. God bless you.